live. You want me to start it? Yeah. What's the yeah, order? Yeah, what's the order? Uh, we'll go Grant, Shadrach, Drew. Okay. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Sometimes Sensical Podcast, where four friends exchange notes on life. I'm James Wengler. I'm Grant Rasmussen. I'm Shadrach Biggs. And I'm Drew Kavner. All right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna kick off this conversation. Uh, you guys know Wish.com, yeah? What? Wish.com. Sort of. You guys familiar Vague. with that? Vaguely. I, I have some experiences. Grant has some experiences. Excellent. So doesn't Wish.com is. Uh, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Doesn't it have like a sister company or one like just like it? Like Jet.com. Uh, Probably. Not. I'm gonna go. Basically, Wish.com is like a. An online marketplace with absolutely zero regulation and uh, control as to what's sold and the quality of the good. And uh, I want to I want to read you a couple ads, and I want you guys to tell me which one of these you would buy: uh, a toilet brush of Donald Trump's head. <laughs> I, I can't $3. tell if it's like I yeah three dollars. I can't tell if it's flattering or unflattering. It's actually kind of confusing. Send me a link. We have the. All right, here here's the, here's the here's the, the source. Do you want to share your screen so we can? Uh... Oh yeah, sure. Let's do that. Pull out the wallets, guys. Come All on. right. <laughs> All right. Here's a Donald Trump. Oh yeah. Trump. I'm sorry that our viewers can't see this. We have uh, this wonderful shirt, which <laughs> I'll just leave to the imagination of our viewers. Here's the bread thing. It's like a bread mattress, right? Um, a giant. I think it's a Pokemon. This is the cat dragon. This is the pet funny hoodie. You can get extra small to extra large. And it says, I am green dinosaur. So, and then the chicken helmet. This is my favorite one. <laughs> so, uh, so of these ads, if you had to buy one, what, what are you buying? I would buy the Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un romantic t-shirt. Okay. That, was, make that a is the there? funniest thing I've seen on the internet. Okay. <laughs> that's, make, that's a very bold statement. Grant by the toast pillow. Or mattress. Cool. I don't. I can't tell how big it is. Oh, it looks like they have multiple sizes. They have multiple sizes. I think. Yeah, that's what I'd go for. All right, Drew. Um, I think the Donald Trump toilet brush is pretty funny, but I'm not that kind of bitter, vindictive, drag it out sort of personality. Um, I've just kind of moved on. So good. Proud of you. <laughs> So I wouldn't really want that in my home. I'd probably go with the um, Pokemon thing just because it seems like it has some utility. But Listen, I mean, if I had stunt chickens, I would probably go with the chicken helmets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and it's funny is I'm I'm just looking at a, I'm looking at this, and one of these comments is, "Please do not dress kitties in clothes. They can overheat really quickly, and they might tear your face off." <laughs> so. Wow. The comments are almost as gold as these, but I think personally I do chicken helmets. So I think chicken helmets is, is my uh, my final answer on that. But so, I mean, so those ads are a little funny and, and I think we all see kind of random weird ads on the internet. We wonder why they're being shown to us, but uh, it kind of segues into our conversation on personalized ads. Um, so let's just kick it off. Your 30 second pitch, you know, the loaded question, are you for or against personalized ads? On. Really we'll just, quick, we'll say cross platform right now. Okay, really quick before we do that, 
Um, so you're saying that these were ads targeted at you? These no, are items no, no, they weren't. selected but for you. These are, these are yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I wish. Yeah. I know. I I love to see my shopping history that prompted so much Donald Trump hate and yet so many chicken helmets. So but yeah, so yeah, loaded question. There's cross platform, your online experience. Are you for or against personalized ads? 100% for 100%. Yep. Tell us why. Yeah, I think. Yeah, 30 yeah. seconds. What's your pitch? Oh, yeah. Um, so I was a marketer uh, in my undergraduate uh, program. I uh, did marketing. And that explains it. And I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Man, I had one way that I was going to say that I don't think is probably appropriate for a family audience, but. Um, it is, uh, it is blissful, uh, targeted ads are within every marketer's toolbox and it makes driving revenue so much easier. And if it's done right, it can, it, it should only be a positive, a positive thing for the end user. Um, now. There's a lot of cases where that's not the case. Um, I have plenty to say on that. However, as a marketer, knowing that it's great for the company as well as great for the end client, if it's done right, um, it, it should be, in theory, a win-win scenario. That's my 30 seconds. I can debate that later, but I want to hear everyone else's 30 seconds. Um, I'll go next. Sorry, Drew is just opening his mouth, but I, I don't have two. Um, I don't know. My thoughts are still kind of up in the air. I don't like the idea of personalized ads. Like, I think privacy um, is more important now than ever, just because of the technological reach of private industry and of government. Um, so, anyway, I think privacy is important. But in theory, I agree that if it works out for both parties, then it shouldn't be a problem. Um, but most of the time, I just hate when I like look up something and then I just get ads for that thing for like the next two weeks, even if I already like purchased something or if I was like, like if I was looking up like hiking and then I get like hiking boot ads for the next two weeks, like, I don't know. It's, it's more of just a comical thing to me. Yeah, I think of it kind of like cars. You know, I own a car, drive a car, ride in cars and find the value in them. And enough so that I think they're a net positive, but they come with all sorts of externalities. And I think that's pretty similar with, with personalized advertising. I think in the end, I mean, you look at the value that, the companies that have implemented personal advertising have been able to accrue. And I think it is a testament of the, the real value they've provided in society through doing this. Um, but that's not to say there aren't externalities that have to be managed, but I think it's a net positive. Hmm. Now, yeah, so, I, so I, oh, oh, sorry. sorry. I forgot. Just 30 seconds. Oh, no. Yeah, no. My, so my, my opinion is, is very much like a, uh, it's a net positive when done correctly. 
I, I think many times it's it's done incorrectly. And uh, and I I think the reason for personal ads should be to if I'm going to see an ad, right, if, if I have no choice to see an ad, I'd rather it be more relevant to me than like irrelevant, like irrelevant, irrelevant, unrelevant, not relevant, right? I'd rather be relevant than not. Um, but a lot of times I do feel that my uh, shopping experience is highly curated um, to a point where I'm also not seeing things that, you know, I might be interested in that I haven't expressed online. So I say net positive, but when done correctly, and I think that we're maybe not quite at the done doing correctly part yet. So, okay, I have an immediate thought. <clears throat> Two immediate thoughts. One, I think it's important to note that not every ad online you see is actually targeted for you. Um, because tr like true personalized advertising is quite expensive. Um, it is, it's very expensive to get in control of that kind of data and be able to target those kind of people, especially when you're in industries with high competition, like it just gets incredibly expensive. Um, so not every ad that you see is going to be personalized. Some will be personalized. There's also different degrees of personalization where it's like, you're targeting like all males, like <laughs> that does not mean that that ad should go to you per se, but that is one level of personalization. So there's a bunch of different levels to this. At the top level, um, personalized ads are gold um, for the end user and the companies that use them. Every other level in between gets worse and worse and worse, um, less and less and less actually personalized to you. So there's a bad rap for personalized ads because the vast majority of ads don't pay or aren't in that top tier of personalized ads. So that's my first thought. Second thought is it helps to understand the theory behind like personalized ads, why it's happening. So if you can imagine back in the day before like the internet was really around, if someone's walking down your street, you're a store owner, they come into your store and you see them hold on to something, look at something and really focus in on that. And then you notice them come back a week later looking at the same thing and then leaving, still not purchasing it, your instinct would then be to, next time you see that person, you would want to go talk to them and offer them some sort of personalized deal to get them to actually go forward with it. Now that would be perfect, not only for the store owner, but also for the person who wants to buy it. They're like, oh, thank you. Especially in a small business setting, they're like, oh, you recognize me, you know who I am. This just became a whole lot more human. That, if you translate that immediately into personalized ads today, it's the exact same concept. If you're looking for something, then you'll you'll get targeted by the people who actually want to give that to you in the best deal um, around. So again, the theory of the top tiered personal ads is amazing and I think is is top notch, but the personalized ad industry gets, horrible reviews based on all of the other stuff in between. Cause like if you're in a store and you're that store owner and that, that customer, you're not thinking, Oh man, this guy remembered me. He's violating my privacy. Um, you're not thinking that you're thinking that on the internet because you, you think that you're, <laughs> I guess, because I don't know, some people want it to be a safer place for them to search things that they don't want people to know that they're searching for, you know, probably doing something they probably shouldn't be. 
But then again, there's plenty of options out there. Go incognito. You can avoid those third-party cookies all day long. Like, you know, there's options out there to avoid pri the privacy issues, um, but people make a big deal out of it, I think, unnecessarily. That's my, that's my soapbox. I'll get out. But are there any what? risks? Like, you're painting, like, a good like a good picture of it. And I agree that like in, in the physical world, that would be like the optimal outcome for the shop owner and the client. But I think the risks of abuse are compounded by, you know, any website you go to potentially. So in, in the course of a day, you may be able to go to two or three shops, but online you could go to, you know, two or three dozen websites and they all, kind of get that information. So I'm curious about uh, potential harms. Well, yeah. So like, let's talk about the risks for a bit. Um, and it's interesting to talk about this in the context of Facebook. So Facebook has been probably the most maligned about this as of late. And I think the reason that Facebook has been hit so hard is they've they've shown that they're a pretty porous organization. Um, so like obviously, when you're building up these detailed profiles of individuals, that is very useful data um, that can be used to, for for lack of a better word, manipulate those individuals. And I think what happened with Facebook is you had, for example, the Cambridge Analytica scandal, which was where this organization, Cambridge Analytica, was you know, a, a Facebook app developer, and they were calling into some Facebook APIs that were allowing them to get data that they probably shouldn't have been able to get, that they you know, used for Donald Trump's campaign, which may or may not have actually been effective for his campaign. But I think people were shocked by the idea that not only had Facebook built up these detailed profiles, um, but that these databases were more accessible than was thought. And so that's always the risk of like, whether it's through, I guess you would say indiscretion of the, the data aggregator or you know, through a hacker or some other means that these profiles, which are super valuable and uh, useful, get into the wrong hands. So I think that's mostly what people worry about here. I don't know that anybody's actually that worried about getting a personalized ad. I think it's more the, all right, now that this data is all sitting in one place, is it inevitably a treasure trove that 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 leaks out over time? Yeah, and I think you're right. I I just don't know how well I like I I don't know if the current efforts that we're pursuing actually I don't know what I'm trying to say. Basically what I'm trying to say is if everyone actually knew what was accessible on the internet, we should seriously just shut the whole thing down. Literally, you anyone can find out anything 
on the internet about any single individual. Like there are so many scary things that happen on the, like you go to any hackathon event, you can get hacked in like a minute and you just, you know, every aspect of your life can be ruined within seconds just because someone knows how to use the internet. Like people don't realize that. And if, if, privacy is a real concern, then the argument should be made that the internet should be shut down altogether. Like, cause it's so, it's not third party cookies that are ruining people's lives. It's every other aspect of, you know, the, the internet, I think. I think there's basically what I'm trying to say is there's so much more at play than just third party cookies that control targeted ads. Well, yeah, let me throw in one more, aspect of this which is i think everybody's had that situation where you got an ad for something that you were just talking about and you're you're totally stunned and think that they were listening to your conversation or whatever um i think that even if it's that specifically or something like that that happens is where just the general bad vibes happen of people thinking like, okay, I didn't know that I was being tracked in that way. So I think the surprise is a big part of it and something that people can do better with. Um, I was listening to Steve Jobs the other day talking about advertising way back in like, I think it was 2010 was when this stuff was really just getting underway. And he said that from his point of view, the most important thing was that you ask people's permission and ask them repeatedly. And I I honestly think that asking permission could go a long way. Now, I don't know. The public discourse about this right now is kind of in a state where I think most people when asked to opt out, which kind of breaks the whole business model. So I don't know. Well, I do think the reason to opt out doesn't necessarily work is because there's, you know, it's usually presented in a way it's like, do you want us to track you or no? It's not, you know, like, here's what we're doing. Here's how your data is going to be used. It's less transparent. So if you ask anyone on the street, like, can I follow you around for the next day? They're going to say, no, you know, like, come on. It's just, that's just human nature. Right. Um, so I think a, a certain level of transparency, I love the websites that pop up and they give you like the, the toggles and they say, how oh, like, if you want to have, you know, what's your level of experience of comfort with the ads we show you on this website, they kind of give you levels of what they want you to be comfortable with and, and what their data, what your data they're going to grab. Um, I like that. I like that transparency. And those websites, I'm, I'm much more willing to let them track certain aspects of my of my, you know, visit there to help personalize ads and things like that. But I, I do think that just asking opt in, opt out is almost universally going to get an opt out answer. You're talking about the cookie managers that pop up. Yeah, and they say like, which one? Like, do you want necessary ones? Do you want some personalized ads? Do you want you know, essentially a buffet? I. I find those so annoying and I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, they're annoying because they're interrupting my experience, right? Like 
we finally got rid of pop-up ads because they were so annoying and we created some new pop-up to get in the way of us figuring out what we're trying to figure out. Um, and the other thing that's annoying to me about them is they're so opaque, even to me, who's who I can usually look at what they're describing there and estimate or predict what they're trying to communicate to me. I think to the average person, like there's nothing that they can can write in there that's going to give an accurate picture of what they're doing with your information. And that's where, I mean, those cookie managers all popped up um, with GDPR and the California privacy legislation. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and that's where I feel pretty like hopeless in terms of a legislative solution because I, I think those laws have been pretty flawed. CCPA grant says, um, so I don't know. Do you, do you guys have thoughts on like how legislators could effectively help with this? Yeah, I, this past semester, I took an information privacy course at the law school and even then, like, even after taking this class, um, I still don't know like what the best way to move forward is um like drew mentioned kind of like the european gdpr and the california ccpa and ccpr these are like big comprehensive legislation um um regimes that basically try to give consumers more um more input on which places can track that can track them and which information they can store. But uh, it seems like at least in the U S like every website now has to have a do not sell my information thing at the bottom. Because if, if people from California are looking at your website and you don't have that, you could be open to, you know, certain liability. So I think one of the proposed solutions is to have, you know, the U S government and the federal government have, a comprehensive regime basically saying, okay, everywhere in the United States, everyone has these rights rather than kind of having like a piecemeal where in California, if you're from California, um, you get certain rights. Whereas if you're from Utah, then maybe you don't have the same rights. So I think at least for just the sake of the experience, um, like we were talking about online, it could be good to have just one, you know, one big bill saying everyone in the U S can opt out um, rather than only just those from California. Um, but I think we've also kind of seen some of the inefficiencies of, of national mandates. Um, so I, I know there's a lot of complexities that come with the top down kind of approach versus a, a bottom up kind of from this each state can kind of decide what is best for them. So I think even in the academic field, people are still trying to figure out the best approach. So if, if they can't even figure it out, I don't think Congress can figure it out, uh, you know, without at least 
a lot of lobbying from different tech groups and um yeah i i i'm not super hopeful yet but i think uh, in the future we will have to figure it out i uh i'll add here kind of my perspective as an entrepreneur um along with my feeling that these legislations have created just a, a, a poor experience for the end user. I think it's pretty anti-competitive. Um, and I guess the best way to describe this is by, you know, using a recent story as an example. I don't know if you guys saw when, uh, when everything came out about FTX, people started looking at Sam Brinkman freed and how close he was to different politicians and stuff. And it became pretty obvious that he was working on regulatory capture. Essentially, he was just trying to get all these politicians on his side so that he could create ways of licensing exchanges and regulating exchanges that would benefit his exchange. And, you know, without being too or suggesting you know something too sinister i think the people who've really made out like bandits with these legislations are the big tech companies who were able to get in the rooms with the legislators and set up these laws in ways that they could easily uh you know flip on the functionality that was needed to become compliant with with gdpr and with ccpa and then it it left you know the other people who don't have these massive engineering teams and budgets kind of in a pickle uh because some of these things aren't aren't that easy to build unless you're at that type of scale so yeah i th i i kind of think it's going to require a rearchitecting of of the internet as a whole and giving people more actual like sovereignty over their data um, to actually fix this in a, in a usable way. It's, it's tricky. I'm curious um, if we're okay to shift gears a little bit. Are there platforms that you guys feel like just, just from a user and kind of an experienced perspective, are, you, are there platforms where you're more okay with ads? Or where you think they do it well? Yeah, I actually, I think on YouTube, for example, um, I don't mind ads because I know that the the creators that I follow, um, most often they depend on those ads. Um, so from like that standpoint of are ads okay? Yes, I, I think... I get a lot of benefit from the people who I follow and the um, information that I learn and the enjoyment I get. Um, I don't think the ads are ever very applicable to me. Um, I mean, there's some that are like uh, based in Utah. So it's like Utah residents, have you ever like thought about cutting your electricity bill? And it's like, okay, that's a little bit targeted because they know I'm in Utah, but then the rest of the ads are usually like 
like Taco Bell or like just, you know, I don't think they are necessarily targeted. Maybe they are because I'm a male in my twenties. Like that's, that's possible. But I think a lot of the ads are also just generic drugs, uh, you know, or not generic drugs, but just generic advertisements from pharmaceutical companies and healthcare and, and insurance. So I, I don't know how effective it is, but those ones I don't mind as much because I know it's helping the creators that I follow. Are you sure you just don't, don't have don't... the profile of an older disease riddled man? I may based off of the, the content I watch. So <laughs> maybe they are doing <laughs> a good job. I don't, I don't know if you guys do this, but I, if there's a creator I like on YouTube, I'll, I'll watch all of the ads before their videos. Like it's definitely not like, uh, like I'll skip most ads, like the five second ones. But um, like I, if it's someone I like, I'll, I'll watch. It could be a two minute ad, and I'll I'll watch it because I know it's like an easy way to support them. Yeah, I That's I try and do that too. Sometimes. Pretty interesting. I actually I was I was gonna call that out when you said that, Grant. That's something we didn't talk about. Is this industry has given rise new ways to for people to make income and and be creative and you know, obviously that's something that i'm always going to get behind um the youtube creator economy is fascinating and i think in general a big win for society that could have been us that's all i gotta say <laughs> well one thing i will say about youtube too though is i kind of hate the way they do ads from an experience standpoint, I don't know that there's a better way to do it. Um, but the fact that I mean, it's it's always going to be annoying that you click on something you're expecting to engage with that, and then they interrupt you with something else. I mean, it's essentially pop up ad, just in a different form. And some YouTube YouTubers are getting good at circumventing that where you know they're doing in video like brand deals that are really really integrated into the video um so i don't know i actually youtube should really work on some tools to do those integrated brand deals um it'd be interesting to see one that i was interested to ask about and I don't know that any of you guys use this a lot, but what about like talk or reels or shorts or whatever? What do you guys think about the ads you've seen or experienced in those contexts? I don't like feeling tricked. I feel like a lot of times like I'm scrolling and I see something interesting and I watch it and it's an ad. I'm like, oh, you got me. Like, I don't know. That's why, like, I kind of like, you know, with YouTube, it's like, okay, this is an ad. Like, it's different. looks different. But, like, Instagram stories or reels or whatever, and I'm scrolling through. It's sneaky. It sneaks up on you. And all of a sudden, you're like, dang it. I'm in the system now. I don't know. And I, I, don't, like, I don't like being tricked into what's an ad and what's not. So, let me, let me argue the other side of that. Which is, I think that those platforms are in a really good position for these ads because 
the scrolling mm, dynamic is so context free where you know that you're rolling the dice every time you scroll up. And so like if, if the next thing is an ad, I think it's a lot less heinous than if you click on something that you know what it is and then it's not what they said it was. Like, I I think that they can do ads pretty seam seamlessly, especially if the advertisers are good at it and learn the medium, know how to make good short content. I think you can pretty easily get someone to watch the whole thing and maybe not feel not resent you for it either i don't know but james obviously resents it a lot so maybe that hypothesis was wrong i, I think it's for different people but for me like if i if i don't think it's an ad and it's like with the whole patty mayo thing like i felt so gypped by that like, i felt so gypped because i thought it was one thing and it was like <laughs> a bait and switch you know and so i'm like i don't know and a lot of times you can usually tell it's an ad it's like wow this looks like someone put five minutes of effort into it um but I, I do see that point of, of more of a seamless integration. So you almost don't notice the ads are there. That's a fair point. I'll concede that. I think uh, I've been quiet for a minute. And it's because I've been observing. I think you guys are hilarious to listen to. Um, <laughs> and, and so, no, listen, the, the reason is because... I think you guys are you guys are sitting here talking about like um, the effects that the ads have on you um, as if they didn't work. I think you perceive the ad exactly how it's intended to. Um, I because you have to realize there are billions and billions and billions of dollars that go not into ads, but that go into the psychology of ads um, to get you to think a certain way. Now, this is, I'm not talking about like the, the dumb ads that you see that are like, oh yeah, this does look like it was prepared in five minutes by some, some dude who's, this is his first time on a laptop in 10 years. Like <clears throat> you do see those, but for the major brands out there who are targeting you, like, if we see the, the, what's that guy? It's like the, the magic eraser guy, the bald dude, you know, <laughs> mopping the floor. like you might think, why the heck am I seeing this? I guarantee you that was 100% a targeted ad at you. Even if you don't think that it was, it was. And next time you see any sort of inkling of that ad anywhere else, your mind instantly goes back to it and you're like, Oh, I know this. And that's exactly what they want. They want that brand rec recognition and that recall. So, and even for you guys, when you get gypped on an ad on like TikTok, for instance, or Instagram reels, and you get like, you scroll into it and you're like, Ooh, this looks real. And then you realize it's an ad. You're like, ah, dang it. But then next time that pops up, you're going to see it again and immediately have the recall. And immediately recognize who they are. So I think it's funny that that we're talking about how like, oh yeah, these ads, you know, it doesn't really apply to me. It 100% does. And it's doing exactly what it was built to do. And more, more than you think so, 
that actually does influence your buying power and your buying decisions. Um, like what you're, what you will purchase. Maybe not now, like those premium brands of like, you know, we're not, I'm not, I don't buy like name brand magic erasers, but when your financial independence um, reaches a certain point and you do start to buy those because it's a natural progression, um, you will. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's definitely something that they culture that, that, that they culture into you. So I just think it's funny um, this entire conversation. I, I, I will not doubt their effectiveness. I, I have bought things from ads before and I know like what, like I know it works, you know, I think maybe that's why, maybe that's why I don't like it. I know it works. I know I'm an easy target. So I'm like, man, I wish it was, I wish it was smart. Mind uh, telling us what you bought James. <laughs> well, um, well cancer, so i think uh that that might tell you something no yeah i mean mini m&ms right now um no i uh i bought like a it was like a it was a present for somebody i don't even remember what it was it was off of instagram though like i saw it and i was like oh, that's cool like i should buy that i think it was for my mom or something it was like a bracelet and i was like oh yeah they totally got me man like they, they hook on and sinker they got me you know and i still see i still see ads for that brand Yeah, James, I mean, James put it in, in the notes before the show. He asked, uh, have you ever bought something from a personalized ad? And I basically answer as, I don't think so. But that I recognize that many ads have been kind of abstractly brand elevating to me. There's certain ads like from podcasts that I listen to that are just, I could probably repeat the ad from memory it's bad i think i think what's funny is also the annoyance that comes with ads is also to a degree intentional as well um and we could die we could spend another long time thinking about that i know we don't have a ton of time left but like i i just don't i think there is probably and this could be totally over exaggerated i could be dead wrong but I personally think that there is probably less than 5%, maybe even less of ads out there in the, in the grand scheme of things, in the U.S. at least, that are untargeted or unintentional um, in any way, shape, or form. Um, and that is online digital advertising. I'm not talking about billboards. I'm not talking about like mailing and everything. I'm just talking online digital ads. <clears throat> there is there's very little that is unintentional or has an unintentional side effect yeah well i think another part of that that's interesting is the annoyance we feel for ads like it's the same attitude people have towards things like salesmen or, or the military where they have like a distanced kind of removed scorn or uh you know hatred for these things even though they benefit from them every day well it's like yeah oh man yeah grant grant put in the chat taxes i was literally gonna say like police officers because the moment you see a police officer you get flooded with all sorts of negative emotions whether you're driving or just walking i could be walking my dog on a leash picking up their poop with a bag 
abiding the law. And if a police officer arrives, I'm like flaring out the trash bag extra to show him that I'm doing it. Like I'm nervous. And, <laughs> but the moment someone breaks into my house, who uh, first person I'm calling is the cops. Like no questions asked. Like I could have every negative emotion out there for something, including any sort of ads. And sometimes it's just no matter what, that's just part of it still. And I'm like, nope, that's a go-to. Done. I will never falter from that. So it's it's interesting. There's so many things out there like that, like like the taxes situation that like we all hate them. We're in that time of year right now. We're all mad. Okay. But like the rest of the year and every other aspect of our lives that we don't have to worry about is coming from that. So yeah, it's interesting. I, I will interject that the first person I call is not the cops, but Drew. I, I've, I've seen him snap <laughs> to attention in the middle of the night to perceived threat. And I, I have to say that that made me feel very safe. It made me feel safe. That's so funny. Did you see that? Or did I tell you the story after the fact? And I, it's so ingrained in your memory now that you, you imagine that you were awake. I, I don't know. I really, I don't know. Like I have a vague memory of, hearing it because you like jumped up but i like it could have been planted because i don't know it how was, many times this story has been passed around james james Look, was there. he remembers it because i remember when you both were tag teaming the story and uh, telling me and grant so like it, he was there too he because i'm pretty sure he started it and then drew was like wait no let me explain and and then it went from there okay i mean just for quick a little quick context i fell asleep listening to a podcast whatever happens sometimes woke up later not, not podcast in my sleep room. meditation sleep meditation wasn't a okay, podcast sleep, it was, a, it was a that sleep creepy meditation. that creepy voice guy anyway so i wake up middle of the night everything's dark some british guys talking in my room i'm like all right let's take him out you know i better get to him before he gets to me so strike did not find him I just think if a British guy is in your room, he's probably like a secret agent. So I don't know what uh, what uh, you're going to do against him, but good luck, I guess. I went zero to 60 real quick. <laughs> just tell you right now. That is, I mean, that is like something in the back of my head where I'm like, if I ever feel under threat like that, like there's an intruder in my home or something, Thing, and I know that they haven't found me yet. I'm gonna find them first. I feel like it's the only way you survive that, right? I guess so. Public beware. <laughs> All right, that was that was a good. All right, should we wrap it? Yeah, I I feel like I appreciate advertisements more, but uh, I've appreciated them not very much to begin with. So, um. I think I have a renewed appreciation just for just like for policemen and taxes uh, necessary, but evil, maybe, uh, maybe not. Maybe that's a, <laughs> uh, I don't actually mean that, but uh, useful. I think they can be useful. Agreed. There's more to the conversation. Obviously this is a debate that has been going for like a decade now, but yeah. It's been since the time since the first command scribbled an advertisement on a cave wall. 
That's right. All right. Bye. Good talk, Bye. everyone. Eat here. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. All, right. All right. We'll see you. See ya. Yeah.